0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, I'm so glad to be back with you. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How about you, Nathan?
0: I'm doing fantastic, and the listeners are loving the show, and i uh, Maybe they don't know, but we took a little break to launch it, and now we're getting back into the swing of things, and it's been a couple of weeks since we were able to connect like this, and I've been i have been, uh, I've been missing my David
1: Garfinkel fix. Well, I've been missing my Nathan Fraser fix, so back at you. There you go. Sweet. So what are we going to be talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about, I think, a big problem for a lot of people. We're going to solve it. How to get started writing.
0: Oh, the blank page blues. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and jump into it.
1: Okay. Well, let me tell you this. I used to take a lot of road trips uh, when I was younger, especially when I was in college. It was 500 miles from Ann Arbor, Michigan, back to Rockville, Maryland, where I was from. And back in the day, the length of this trip home was never a problem for me. But getting ready to go was because I was so worried, ward. Did I have everything packed? Was my tank full? Did I have enough food and coffee for the trip? And then Nathan, one day I made three important discoveries. Gas stations, restaurants on the turnpikes, (laughs) and at stores near home in case I forgot something. With those discoveries, hey, getting ready was a lot easier and I knew after eight to 10 hours of drive time I'd be back home. Now, writing copy is a lot like that. You need to prepare but the need to over-prepare can really get in the way of you getting started. And if you find you're missing something while you're writing, you can always take a break and get what you need. So today we're going to talk about getting started. This is one of the hardest parts for people when they're writing copy and we'll cover some things you can do beforehand and three ways to actually start to get words down on the page. Also, I'll share with you some tricks the pros use when they get stuck to keep you on track. Nice. But before we get started, I have a reminder for our listeners. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, You may want to get a legal review of your copy after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Okay, that's good to know, and and now we are good to go. So let's get right into the belly of the beast, getting started writing your copy. So first thing in preparation is you need to have done some research. And the reason for doing that is... If you haven't done research, it'll be harder to write anything, and what you will be writing will be off the top of your head. In fact, you might be just making stuff up, and that's bad for a lot of reasons. So, well, you know, what are the reasons? Why is it bad? Well, number one, uh, it might not be true, and that could be both, like I was talking about, a legal problem, but also a problem in customer relationships. you know, people will see you promise one thing and you don't deliver it or you deliver something else. And don't think that's not a real problem. It is. It hurts and even destroys a lot of businesses. So you need to know what you're talking about. And it it needs to be based on some level of facts or truth. Uh, Another reason is, uh, unless you're a very inventive writer, like a you know, fiction writer and even fiction writers do preparation. It's going to be hard to write anything if you haven't done your research. So let's talk about research because there's a minimum you can do, which is, uh, what a lot of copywriters who aren't all that advanced do. And it'll work by the way, the more advanced your market is, the the more competitive it is. um, The more choices people have, the more sophisticated your prospects are, the more you need to do research. You know, at the top end of the scale, the people doing the stuff we were talking about, the highly regulated industries and that little reminder uh, in those industries, they need to do a lot of research, not only because um, the people from what Gary Halbert called the alphabet agencies are going to be looking over their shoulder or might be but also because customers have seen it all and heard it all before. They've seen a million financial promotions. They've seen a million, not literally a million, they've seen a lot and a lot of health promotions. They've seen a lot of business opportunity promotions. So if you don't do your research, it's gonna be pretty hard to show how you're different than everybody else, much less better than other choices. Can okay? I, can I ask a question real quick? Oh yeah, for sure.
0: So one of the things that I like to do before I do any kind of copy for a client that's not my own product is I like to go on to YouTube. I like to go on to blogs. I like to watch uh, a lot of videos of people who are in that niche talking about whatever they're passionate about. And that really helps me pick out um, the words that they're going to be using, the phrases, the uh, the the way that they think about things. And uh, it it helps me um not only get the voice but it gives me a a list of um points and ideas and key phrases that usually help me get started as well what's your experience with with uh with that kind of stuff
1: yeah Absolutely. I mean, that that really um, bridges a few of the types of research that I'm going to detail. But ultimately, you're doing the right thing. You're doing what all that research leads to. You know, you got to get out of your own world in your own head when you're writing copy and get into the head of the marketplace. Um, Not just the head, but the conversations they're having, the the hearts, the guts. You, You need to know how they're feeling about it. And to the eyes, you need to know how they're looking at it. And what you're talking about is a perfect way to do that.
0: Awesome, all right, let's go ahead and continue.
1: Okay, good. So um let's talk about the minimum of research that you can do. So the minimum research would just be the product itself. It's, it's less than what you're talking about. What you're talking about is a more advanced thing, which I would advise everyone to do, reality is, Not everyone's gonna do it, not everyone's gonna have time to do it, or inclination to do it, but at least you've gotta do this part. If it's a product, you you need to look at the product, you need to touch it, you need to try it, you need to experience it, you need to feel it, Um, you need to get a a up close and personal understanding of of what it's like and what it's about. And, And the reason you do this, is you're wanting to find out what the product's strengths and advantages are. And when you make this only a mental exercise, you're missing out on a lot of the stuff that's gonna be important to people. People, people wanna know how long it takes, how coordinated you have to be to use your hands on it. They, they wanna know what it feels like, what it's gonna look like in a room, how hard it is to set up. They wanna know all of those things. I mean, of course with a service, you know, you have to um talk about different things than the physical attributes of a product for sure. But if you think about a person going into a store, um they're going into a Walmart or a Target or uh a Costco or wherever they're going, they're going to pick up the product, they're going to look at it, they're going to compare it to other products. Remember, you're essentially trying to recreate that experience with your words in copy. So you need to have something to refer to. Uh, Another thing is if you're writing for a client and they already have some uh, promotional literature, maybe some instructions, maybe some reviews in magazines, and certainly the online stuff, like you're talking about, Nathan, the YouTube videos, and, and I also suggest looking at Amazon reviews, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. That's a slightly different part of the research the way I've got it organized here. Um, y- you want to steep yourself in that. You you almost want to know the product better than the company that sells it or um, the person or the company who designed it, manufactures it, which may be the same company, same person, maybe different. And if, if it's your product, you really want to look at it through your customer's eyes. You want to ultimately the the purpose of this research is not to sit down and, and start writing copy, but, uh, to, to have a really good solid sense of what would make this appealing to other people. And by the way, one of the things that a number of top copywriters do is they will do this research and even before they quote unquote start writing the copy, they'll just start writing bullets. That's an insider's trick that if you start writing bullets, even before you have any idea of what your headline is, what your unique selling proposition or your competitive differentiation or what makes you stand apart? Those are all three ways of saying the same thing. Even if you don't know what that is, even if you don't know, you know what your headline is, your opening, uh, what art you're going to use, what pictures. If you just start writing bullets, there there are a couple of advantages to that. And in, in the big picture, the advantage is you start to get into the world of selling the product rather than you know, the objective world of just features, of you know, how big it is, what color it is, how much it weighs. You you start getting into the experience someone would have using it and benefiting from it. The other thing is in writing bullets, you may actually accidentally brainstorm a great headline. <laughs> a- and you know, that's so important headlines account for what, eighty, ninety percent of the effectiveness of a sales piece. Okay, so that's your first level of research. Now, the the second kind of research is really a combination of the first kind. Well, no, what you said was a combination of the first kind, but it, it, it also includes this. It's customer research. Now, this is a brand new product, and you don't have any customers, or if you're the copywriter, your client doesn't have any customers. What you wanna do is find out what customers are saying about competing products, other products. Now, some people say, well, there's no competition, my product is unique. Well, yeah, in your mind that may be true, but your customer is probably going to be shopping, looking at alternatives, weighing advantages and disadvantages. So you have competition, even if you don't think it's competition, that doesn't matter here. What matters is whether your customer we'll be looking at other options and they usually will. So you, you go to Amazon, let's say you have a new kind of toothbrush, a really stupid example. Maybe it's a great example. I don't know. It seems stupid to me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess if you just had 14 of your teeth replaced, it's a great example, right? <laughs> uh, so You look at other toothbrushes on Amazon, maybe on drugstore.com if they're still around, I don't know if they are, and you look at the reviews. You look at what people like, and you look at what people don't like, and you look at how they say it, because one of the things you wanna do before you start writing is get in the mind frame, the mindset of the person uh, who you're gonna be talking to. So that's customer research, And then the icing on the cake, as I was alluding to before, the third kind of research is competitor research. Okay. Uh, What else are customers going to be looking at? Look at competitor sales letters. Don't copy them word for word. That's plagiarism. That can be expensive. It may even be a criminal offense. So don't copy it word for word, but look at the ideas they're using. Um, Look at. The way they're approaching it, you could even go so far, and this is not a bad idea, is to put together a matrix or a table comparing all the products side by side so you can see where you have definite advantages. Now, I'm not entirely comfortable about mentioning competitors in your copy. It depends. I know on TV commercials, like drug companies will mention other drug companies, drugs, and they get away with it uh you're you're sort of walking a fine line there but at least you need to know the advantages and disadvantages especially the advantages you have over your competitors okay uh so imagine you've done all this you've got pages and pages of notes what do you got well you've got a lot of facts you've got a lot of specific things about feature versus feature about durability about you know materials that it's made of or any, any number of other qualities. And so you have a basis from which to get started. Now, I wouldn't get started here. Some people do. There are a few more things I would do that I think will make it even easier to get started. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you gonna call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people. From the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to GarfinkelCoaching.com and click on the services tab, GarfinkelCoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. Okay, so the first thing is to outline your sales letter. You don't have to outline it in you know painful, microscopic detail. And I'm going to acknowledge here, some people like this, other people don't, but the advantage of an outline is is you know where you're going next. You can see the flow of the letter all at once. So you could do a very high level outline that will get you there, or a detailed outline, and then you just write from that detail. Uh, either one works if you get a sense of the whole. And um, one kind of software I use on the Mac is called Omni Outliner. And the neat thing about that is it allows you to zoom in, focus on just one point, and then you know tuck that into the main topic on that one point. So you can zoom in to the weeds and zoom out to the big picture. You can go up to 30,000 feet in less than three seconds, conceptually speaking. So it lets you collapse the outline. And you can also use mind mapping software to outline. And I'm going to talk more about mind mapping in just a sec. Can I ask a question real quick? Of course.
0: I've personally uh, experienced a lot of your templates, and I know that when I was first getting started, your templates were something that really, really helped me with the outlining process. How, uh, how important are, is like the template process and having a roadmap kind of, uh, how much overlap does that have with what you're talking about as far as, uh, as far as doing your outline?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Let me, um, let me turn that back on you. How how do the templates help you write an outline? Because you know I've talked to hundreds of people about those templates, and honestly, Nathan, this is the first time anyone's ever told me that.
0: Well, for me personally, it lets me know that because I do. I have a very similar process. I I look for all the different points that I want to make. I look for different types of like you said, features versus benefits, and uh, where's my story of creation going to come in. Um, so I look for those things, and then having the template helps me know where I should lay them out, so that I kind of have a flow. And that way, when I start getting writing, I have most of the skeleton already fleshed out before I even start pen to paper.
1: Yeah, well, I I know that one of the things I did in my headline templates, which are also included in the book Advertising Templates That Make You Rich, is I tried to explain a couple of things besides you know, showing how to adapt the headline to a niche. One thing was the psychology of the headline, who this was gonna work for, what market, what kind of product it was gonna work for. The second thing is where you go from here. So if you have that kind of guidance in, in the templates, that's great. I, I, I think the key thing is learning to think about this in advance, sort of be the architect before you become the builder. That's the most important thing. And, you know, by the way, it's it's like there are a couple of jokes. Uh, how do you make God laugh? Well, tell him your plans. Or <laughs> um, what? this one's not so much a joke, but, you know, uh, what generals say is a war plan is great until the first shot is fired. Then it all goes to hell. Um, so you want to have a plan anyway. You may or may not end up following it. And you're not a failure if you go in a different direction. Because... Having the plan helps you get a sense of the whole thing and think it through in advance. The the other thing in, in preparation, besides an outline, I suggest, is to get clear on the goal of what you're writing. Now, that may sound like a do kind of point, but it's not. Uh, a lot of people aren't. And what you really want to have is one goal, and that goal is the one action you want your prospect to take and sometimes people will try and sell two or three things in a piece of copy, bad idea. Sometimes they just want to sing the praises of their product but they really don't have they hope people will figure it out to buy it and they don't even tell them how. So don't fall into that trap, you know? Get clear on the goal. What do you want your prospect to do after they read it and how do you want that person to feel? So if if you If you write those things down as little signposts or or little goals for yourself, uh, then I think that'll help because otherwise your mind is constantly guessing as you're writing as to what those things are. And this takes a lot of the guesswork out of that.
0: It's it's, uh, like beginning with the end in mind. And that way, all of your writing leads to that one direction rather than just going left and right and left and right and backtracking and having no idea where you're trying to lead the
1: reader to. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So now let's talk about getting started. I I think that's the prep. I think it's important because if you don't do it, it's for most people. And there are some people that work better by just spilling it all out in the page or into a tape recorder or getting transcribed and then figuring out where they want to go. I'm not a big fan of that method. I know it works for some people, though. I just want to acknowledge that. So getting started, one thing is you really need to be able to focus on writing and nothing else. That means no multitasking. It means no distractions, no TV, nobody talking to you, no email, no Facebook, no writing. Now, what it doesn't mean is that you have to sit there for eight hours, you know, like some super disciplined automaton or robot. I mean, you can write in in short segments, and that's, that's the next tip. Uh, Gene Schwartz method, or the Pomodoro method, these are writing in short segments of 25 to 33 minutes, and then taking a break. Pomodoro, by the way, means tomato in Italian, and you can actually find timers that look like tomatoes. I'm not mm-hmm. kidding. You can find them on Amazon. And they also have virtual tomato timers called Pomodoro timers. Now, Gene Schwartz didn't use a tomato, or that's not what he reported. He used an old fashioned digital timer. (laughs) Imagine him saying old fashioned digital timer. Well, I just said, (laughs) these are the times we live in, (laughs) pun intended. So he used a digital timer and he would punch in 3333. And nobody knows why, but I have a guess that. He was looking for something, the closest thing to 30, which would require the least physical and mental effort and attention in his part. Three, 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 start. And, and then he would, within that period of time, it wasn't a race to see how much he could get done. It was more of a relief that this would be over after 33 minutes and 33 seconds. And so you can you actually feel less pressure once you learn to adapt to this because you know once the timer's off, you're done until the next one. So um, here's another way, just what we're doing. Just talk to another person, talk it out. Sometimes you'll discover in speaking it, that you find words inside your head that you can't get out on your own. And it's good to record this and then transcribe it so you can see it because sometimes those thoughts are fleeting. Then there's the theater of the mind technique uh, where you Imagine you're face-to-face with the prospect, and you want to sell them in your copy. And this is, takes a, a little more skill and discipline, but you just imagine what that conversation would be with that other person. What would you say to them? What would they say in response? How would you respond to that? And the more conversational you can get in your mind, the better off you are. Of course, when you actually start editing all this down to the final part of the copy, it needs to be a one-way conversation from you to the prospect. So in terms of, uh, Nathan, beginning with the end in mind, start with the close or some other part of the copy than the beginning. Uh, sometimes the beginning is the hardest, so write it last or write it later. Uh, write bullets first, like we were talking about. Write the guarantee. Write anything. Sometimes just getting started on something will get the flow going. A lot of times you'll find the copy, the structure, especially as you get a little more experience, it's, it's already formed in your head, but it's locked up and it's hidden. And sometimes you just need to unlock the door and, and clear the clouds away, and all of a sudden it, it pours forth. And finally, I want to give you three tricks that the pros use to keep going. The first one is we sort of talked about it, hinted at it with the Pomodoro method, and it's just take a break. And sometimes take a break before you feel like you need to before you're exhausted short spurts of work followed by short breaks take a walk listen to some music or meditate don't do anything too distracting or too tiring that means save the liquor cabinet for later (laughs) okay Uh, another thing is to change location i know some copywriters go to starbucks Uh, i i don't like that but i there have been a lot of times where i i've ended up the sales letter just started coming to me while I was at a diner which had paper placemats and I keep asking for more placemats. They wonder what's wrong with me, but they give them to me. So I'm a good tipper and um, I can get get a lot of work done there. Or you can go to a quiet place, to a library, to a beach. Um, you take your computer, pad of paper and pen and go somewhere where no one will talk to you and you can work undisturbed. Sometimes a change of scene will make it much easier to write. And finally, mind mapping. This is a good tool beforehand as an outlining tool. But sometimes while you're writing, you can get a lot on your mind and it's better to organize all that visually so you can get back to the task itself of writing the copy. And you can learn how to mind map on paper. And there are a lot of free or inexpensive mind mapping programs, as well as one with a fairly hefty price. But I have that one too. It's it's pretty good. It makes beautiful mind maps for presentations. Um mind chat. But th- there you can get one if you have a Mac for about five bucks called Mind Maple, I think it's called. Uh, there there's a lot of different mind maps. and there's some free ones too. So yeah, that, that that about sums it up. That's awesome.
0: I'm gonna I'm just gonna add my two cents. Absolutely. Just plain old pen and paper is where I do ninety nine percent of my my own mind mapping. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why, but I just, I like it more than Evernote. I like it more than any kind of mind mapping software. I have to draw a lot of squiggles and arrows and and mark stuff out pretty frequently. But uh, just putting a pen to paper, it seems like that actual having the pen in your hand, having the paper right there, it seems like for me at least, and and I would advise people to try this for themselves to see if it works. um, The actual physical contact just helps the ideas flow from my brain, through my arm, through the pen, onto the paper.
1: Yeah, I, I wanna um, agree with you second what you said. There was a conversation in uh, on a Facebook group, Patrick Bowes Fearless Copywriting Group, yesterday, and uh, I was talking about the same thing. There is something direct and physical. I mean, when you're using a mind map, program eventually you can get pretty fast on it but you can go faster on paper and a lot more flexible and you don't have to remember commands or start drawing with your mouse or you know changing colors you can just pick up a different colored pen or pencil if you want so there yeah there's something direct and, and it really helps so i agree with you it's good awesome what do we have next week david next week we have polishing what you wrote nice
0: that'll be the perfect follow-up for this one all right copywriters we hope you enjoyed this episode make sure to go to copywriterspodcast.com you can download all of the episodes up to this point and in the future past this point david thank you so much for this valuable lesson
1: oh you're welcome
0: right, copywriters, we have made it to the long-awaited episode number 10 of the Copywriters Podcast, where, as promised, we will be announcing the winner of the contest to get your copy critiqued by the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. That's right, a free half-hour consultation with David himself. Now, we said we were going to give this prize to whoever left the best comment on iTunes, which ended up being impossible to decide on because we got so many great comments and reviews. So thank you to everybody that participated. And uh, the one that we ended up choosing was... A short, succinct, straight to the point review that we felt really summed up the spirit of the show. So, without any further ado, I'm going to jump right into it and name the winner. If I can get a drum roll, please. The winner of the iTunes contest and a free half hour consultation with David Garfinkel himself is none other than db paperstacks and db paperstacks had this to say about the copywriters podcast
1: when i first heard of this podcast i was a little skeptical i mean world's greatest copywriting coach really turns out they weren't joking the tips that david and nathan provide are worth a large hogs weight in gold they provide more value in the first 15 minutes than most people do on a 1 hour webinar this will be the most value-packed half hour of your week. Give it a listen.
0: Thank you, David. And thank you, DB Paper Stacks, for that glowing review. What I need you to do is to email me personally. My email is nathan at fms.agency. That's FMS like free market squad. nathan at fms.agency. Put iTunes contest in the subject line, and I'll tell you how to claim your prize everybody else out there that took part and left a review on iTunes and helped make the launch of this podcast as as successful as it was i can't thank you enough and i just want to let you know if you didn't win the contest don't lose heart because david actually has some ideas on some other promo stuff that he'd like to give away to people that are leaving ratings and reviews over at iTunes so if you didn't win this time there's still a chance that you might win something really cool I I can't tell you what it is, but David's got something really special lined up for you. So if you haven't yet, make sure you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and a review for the show, subscribe to the podcast, and we've got more exciting stuff coming your way. Again, DB Paper Stacks, thank you so much. You are the winner of the consultation with David Garfinkel. I need you to email me, nathan at fms.agency, and I'll tell you how to claim your prize. Everybody else, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.